and I'm on the team um, here at St Albans, one of the staff here. And as you can tell, we're in the midst of this series called Hope and Joy. And uh, both Pastor John, my husband, John and Robert have spoken uh, to this series over the last two weeks. And honestly, if you have been away, if you haven't been able to make it, so Trudy, if you haven't been able to make it, <laughs> just because you, you know, confess to everybody, I can say, um, <laughs> uh, I really encourage you to go online. On our website, all the sermons are there. And um, or if you've got a podcast uh, thing in your phone, you can just go there and find St. Albans Baptist Church of Christchurch, not of South Africa. And then you'll hear our sermon series and just get them sent to you. That's amazing. But yeah, I really want to encourage you because they set a fantastic platform as to why joy can be your bedrock and your strength in every single day of your life and how you can actually live hope-filled, not just hopeful, um, in your world, no matter what your circumstances are. So my task today is on unlocking words. And um, I'm going to share some of what I have been learning in the last few years about my words, in my circumstances, in the midst of what I would call like mystery. Mystery is when life doesn't go according to plan. Have any of you ever had that, where you kind of like think it should be going this way and then it goes left? Yeah? Well, this, this is what I call mystery. Okay? And, um, uh, and so I'm, I, I want to share about, like, my words, what they indicate, what they indicated for me, and how they actually, my words, in, impact hope and joy in my world and in my life. So I'm going to start with Scripture, Matthew 12, 34. And it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Everything we speak, think, and do will attest to the abundance of our heart. I find that an extremely challenging verse in the Bible. <laughs> Everything we speak, think, and do will attest to the abundance of our heart. So for those of you who don't know some of our mystery is that um, the prostate cancer that John fought four years ago has returned. A lot of you do know that. And I myself at the beginning of this year had bowel surgery. So it's out of these circumstances, this mystery, this dog leg that happens in our lives that I'm going to share a little bit about my words, what they spoke about the abundance of my heart and how they affected my hope and my joy. So, I'm an emotive person. For those of you that know me, um, well, personally, I would say that my life often tends to be like a roller coaster. You know, I'm up, and then I'm like a little bit, and then I'm up, and then I'm not like steady as she goes. I, you know, I wish I was. My sister and my brother, they're both steady as she goes, but no, I'm like, you know, the bouncy tigger in the center. Okay, I'm not good at faking, I'm really not very good at pretending, and my, my team all know that my face is an easy read. <laughs> they know exactly what's going on generally, which is not always a good thing. <laughs> you know, and another thing is, is that I do not like feeling like I am out of control of my life. Is there anybody else that's a bit like that? Yeah, that's... that's 
that I ever thought I was in control. That's the joke, okay? My life is really not in my hands. Sort of, but not totally. You know, when John was diagnosed, God got me to read the scripture in Isaiah. That's in the Old Testament, and he was a prophet. He was speaking about Jesus. And so he was talking into the future of what Jesus was going to do for us. And it says, He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole, and he was whipped so we could be healed. And then in the message, it puts it like this. But it was our sins that did that to him. That is going to the cross, sorry. Put it in context, going to the cross for us. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. Now, for me, God had been having me on this journey a little while before about forgiveness and that of what he had actually accomplished on the cross and this journey of, of um, not having to beg him, you know, like when you blow it, which is every day, and you come to him and you're, you're talking to him about it. I didn't have to like beg him, oh God, I'm so sorry, I did that again, would you please forgive me? I mean, would you just like, you know, wash me clean, and would you please, I just feel so bad about this, and, and you know, and sometimes like when you feel like it's really bad, like you've really, really blown it, you grovel even more. Well, he was telling me, would you stop? You don't have to. I forgave you at the cross. All of that forward, you weren't even a twinkle in your parents' eye yet, but you were in mine. And all of that is forgiven. What you need to do is actually just be thankful, like confess, but be thankful. Lord, I'm so sorry. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for what you've accomplished for me on the cross. Thank you that it's not about me groveling. It's about me actually just receiving this from him. So he had me on that lesson, right, of forgiveness. Then, then he kind of went, what about the second part of that verse, Sandra? How are you doing on that? You know, the, the healing bit, you know? And I was like, oh, yeah. Not so much. <laughs> I, like, I had total assurance, no doubts about my forgiveness, but about healing and being made whole. Now, I kind of had a much greater understanding about my emotional healing, my emotional world that he would make whole. I, 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 I'd been on a really pretty good journey of that, but this physical healing stuff, Ooh, that was kind of like new territory. And he, he said to me, I want, I want you to change the way in which you talk to me there as well. I did all of that on the cross. Through, he took the punishment that made us whole. And through his bruises, we get healed. And uh, so I, I was like, okay, I will... I will Try and get my head around this. Try, try and actually capture my thoughts and, and walking towards that like I did with the whole forgiveness aspect. So, Ephesians 4.23 says, 
to be made new in attitude of your minds. Like he was backing this up with scripture with me, saying, I've actually got it written down, sweetheart. You know, you don't have to worry that I'm asking you to do something that's not actually in the word, okay? (laughs) He must laugh at me. But anyway, I I need this kind of encouragement. And to put on the new self. Oh, that's very tiny. Sorry the words are so small. To be that the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So I'm made new in the attitudes of my mind. That's, that's what he's promising me that can happen. And that I get to put on. So it's actually like something I do. I put that on. Not he just kind of like dresses me. I put that on. I put that on. And that I'm created to be like God. Like to think like him. So God doesn't think about, do I heal or not? You know, he doesn't. He's like, be healed. In Jesus' name. Okay. So this positioning myself, my soul, my thoughts, my mouth into agreement to not be in beg mode over John's healing and then over mine. Okay. Was a steep learning curve taking every thought captive, submitting it to Jesus. It was hard work. It was. Because like Carl, you know, all those, the, the, those voices that kind of like, whoop, they're right there, whoop, telling you stuff all the time. And you capturing that and actually saying, oh, 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 wait a minute. No, God says he took the punishment that made us whole. And through his bruises, we get healed. That's what he says. That's what he says. Okay, so <laughs> I did okay, I thought, you know, like on my, um, uh, with, uh, with the, you know, the, the mind thing and, and just submitting that to God, but with my soul and my feelings, not so much. Through this journey, when John was first diagnosed, I acknowledged what I was feeling, like, God, I'm feeling a bit afraid or I'm feeling a bit worried about this, or I'm feeling, you know, a bit concerned about, you know, stuff. Um, But I stopped processing, like, what was underneath those feelings. Like, why was I feeling that? Why was I feeling afraid? What was the, what was the, the words or the things that were being said in my head, my thoughts that actually led to me being afraid? or led to me feeling like I was alone, or led to me feeling like I was anxious about my future, I stopped doing that. Bad move. Do not do that. If you take one thing away today, do not stop processing with God what's underneath. Because those are the lies. Those are the things that push us away from being able to lean into him and actually make us lean into our own small understanding of what's going on. Um, So I didn't, not only did I not process with God, I didn't process with John because I thought, you know, I didn't want to burden him and didn't want to pressure him and that, you know, I needed to take care of him like I needed to be his mother, like, ha, ha, I'm going to lie, laugh at that lie. You know, because that's not true. You know, I'm his wife and I'm his partner. But because I didn't take it to God, I didn't get understanding on why I was doing what I was doing. And so then I just trundled along this track. Now, God was really gracious to me. 
He like poured his grace out on me in terms of my emotional world and carried me right through to basically when John was given clearance of this cancer. But then, then, grace lifted, and boy, I was a messy, emotional mess. Okay? And John, it was not fun for John. Personally, I would say it was the worst six months to a year of our marriage for me. Because I just did not get myself anymore because I was all over the show, and he annoyed me so much, like so, so much, because I had been mothering him the whole time, and I was resentful, but I hadn't figured that out yet. He was just annoying, okay? <laughs> but God was speaking to me, thank you, God, <sighs> that my emotions he gave me. Emotions are God-given. They're part of being made in his image. He has emotions, so they're not inherently evil or bad. Emotions, my feelings, point to what I believe, though. My emotional world points to what I believe. And he was emphasizing to me in a fresh way that my feelings are not what dictate my life. They are not what give me my identity. They do not define me. So just because I might be feeling anxious, I'm not an anxious person. Just because I'm feeling alone doesn't mean I'm a loner and no one likes me. They don't become my identity. And he was revealing that to me in a fresh way because I was just such a jumble, okay? Um, So I had to do what I was just saying before, figure out what was underneath these feelings that were there. And then, then I got to do the most beautiful thing that I love God for, is that I get to do this exchange. I get to exchange my mess and my lies for his truth and how he sees me. It's stunning what he is actually, what he does for us, what he said he accomplished for us at the cross. It's beautiful. Righteousness, holiness, freedom, hope, all of those things. You get to do this beautiful exchange. But I did learn also that holding on to truth, holding on to what he says, gives me peace even when my emotions are all over the show. The peace that surpasses all understanding, he gives to me. He says that when you speak his word out, it does not come back void. That means it actually is doing something positive. It is at work. So when I was speaking out those scriptures that I was reading before about... um, about what God has spoke to me, you know, about being pierced for our rebellion and that it was he took the punishment that made us whole and through his bruises we get healed. It's like his work was being released. Every single time I actually reminded myself, he didn't need reminding, I reminded myself of what he was saying to me. I love that. He's like so clever how he's thought about all of that and then written it down for us so that we get it and understand it and then can apply it in our world and in our life. Anyway, 
So to confess, in Hebrews 10.23, it says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. That scripture I just read out is part of his promises. And it says, he who promised is faithful. And so I am to confess my hope without wavering. So me speaking that out and declaring is part of that confession. Now, confession is not, is not just an agreement in my head. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. goes nowhere, does it? It's not, it's not, nobody else knows, and, and the enemy certainly doesn't know. He's not getting it loud and clear over his airwaves, and I want him to know that I'm actually standing on this, on his truth, on his word. So confession is what's going to come out, and needs to come out, and needs to get established. So anyway, I'm going to share with you about some of my confessions, or my declarations, as you could call them, or my soul reminders, is another way to say it, during this period. Now, like I said, don't like not being in control, and, but I very much like knowing that I can trust my God who is. From the scripture, Colossians 1.17 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Um, For by him things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, all things were created by him for him. And this was the clincher. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. I don't need to worry. I don't need to stress about not being in control, because there's someone who's far more able who is. Far more able, that is. Okay. Next thing is, how many of you like knowing what's coming up. You like to have like a general gist for your life and what's coming up. You know, you just like a little bit of planning ahead. Yeah, well, I like that a lot, okay? (laughs) And I was stressing because I could not dictate what was going to be coming up next. I didn't know the outcome. What was I going to do? Jeremiah 29, 11. Most people know this scripture. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I don't have to worry about not having the answers. I don't have to worry about not knowing what's coming up next. That doesn't mean everything's going to work out fine according to my plan. But it does mean I can know God's good plan will come to pass. And the next question is, do I trust him to be good to have a good plan? Isn't it? And I know that I know that he's good. He's proven himself to me over the years, that he is trustable and trustworthy. Now, I don't like being anxious, even though I've lived with that a lot of my life. Kind of made friends with it for a while, but I really don't like it anymore. It's not like, welcome, get out of my life, okay? So... What does God say to me? Romans 8.28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. He can make everything work out 
together for the good. He can, not me. He can make everything work out together for good. And then Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, don't be anxious for anything. He's telling me I don't need to be anxious for everything if I do these things. And everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ. And that's what I discovered. If I leaned into him, leaned into his truth, I had peace even when my emotions were a mess. How does that work? I actually don't know. I just know that it's true. That his peace and my emotions are actually not like the same. They're actually different things. And he is good and he is faithful. So I could choose, like I was saying, I could put on the new self. So I could choose worry or trust, follow my feelings down that rabbit hole, or lean into what God said and base my today and tomorrow on his word and his future. I could have clear focus or I could choose fuzzy focus, taking every thought captive. Ruby said it so well last week. I get to dethrone the lies. I get to dethrone the lies and enthrone the truth. I get to. That's what he's given me, what he said I can do, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, this positioning of yourself, well, it takes effort, (laughs) I can tell you. It takes retraining. This is what the Holy Spirit said he came to help us do came to be our strength, came to be our comfort and our courage to walk us through these moments where we're dethroning lies and enthroning truth. So why declarations and does it make any difference? (sighs) When I turned 40, and that was only like, you know, a year ago, (laughs) what was that? (laughs) Ha, 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 laugh at that lie. Anyway, um, I need Carl up here doing the ha-ha. Yeah, that it. Anyway, when I was two and I turned 40, I took running up and um, started a strength training sort of like little regime. Why? Well, I wanted to be fitter and I also wanted to be a bit stronger. Now, a few years on, John and I were out. We're sitting in the spa. It's winter. We're out there. You know, we hop out and we're going to go put the, you know, the, the cover on. On the, um, on the spa, and John's on the other side, and I noticed him go like this. He goes, and I thought, what is he doing? What an idiot, you know, kind of thing, thinking he was just being smart. And then I realized as he bobbed, like those minutes, like tiny, minute second flashes, I realized, eh, he's not having fun. There's something going on. So I rushed round to that side of the spa, and I think it must have, this is the only way that I could imagine, caught him on a bob, grabbed his shoulders before he, like, nosedived into the spa, because he'd be like, that'd be hopeless, and pulled him out, and then kind of, like, shifted him, like, sideways, and then, like, you know, down, 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 down to the concrete, right, on his side. And I'm looking at him thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> what are, you, are you okay? What are you doing? And he was sort of like, mm, kind of like sort of there but not there. And then he, he kind of came around enough and it's freezing outside, right? 
it's winter, we're lying on the concrete, having just hopped out of the spa, and he's like, let me just go inside, it's too cold out here, I'll be fine. And I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling better. He gets up and he just like goes, again. And so I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, doing the, the, the drama again, you know, lowering him to the ground, not wanting to drop him. I didn't drop him. He had no bruises. I did not start up running and strength training thinking one day I might need to rescue John. <laughs> so let's get into it, you know. I did not think that. I didn't know I had the strength that I needed until I needed it. I didn't know. Just like you don't know if you've got patience <laughs> until you need it or unconditional love until you need to give it over and over and over. And this is where I see knowing the word, reading the word, listening to the word, declaring it, confessing it, memorizing it, is like exercise. Did I know God's truth when I needed it? Or was I like a leaf whatever the circumstance was, tossed and turned my emotions all over the show, not knowing the truth, not knowing whom or what I believed in. <sighs> Declarations, they are not shouting at God. They're not declaring with a trumpet his truth so that he gets it. He already knows it. He wrote it. And he's got a good memory. Okay, declarations are largely for us. They remind our soul, like David said, oh, my soul, why are you so downcast? And then he'd encourage himself with the truth about God. That's what declarations are, establishing truth in our world and our lives. Declarations are not just positive thinking. Sandra's lovely. Sandra's lovely, Sandra's lovely, Sandra's lovely, Sandra's so lovely, Sandra's lovely. I wonder how many times I have to say this before I believe it. Okay, declarations are not positive thinking about yourself. They are confessions of hope and truth of who God is, what he can do, who you are in his sight, and what you can do. And it reminds us. That's what declarations are for. Declarations show that we understand the power of the tongue, the power of our words. In Proverbs, it says um, that uh, the power of the tongue can bring death or life. I know which one I'd rather choose if it's coming out and I'm speaking it over my world and over the people around me, I want life. I don't want death. We have the power to bless or to curse. In Matthew 16, 19, he says, uh, Jesus says to us, I will give you the keys of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. It's the power of our tongue. It's the power of our, our authority understanding what it is that God has actually given us. And it brings freedom, hope, and joy, the power of that confession. 
that brings that fruit in my life. You know, I still want more. More of my life, more of my emotional life, more of my thought life, more of what actually flows out of my mouth life to line up with and experience what Scripture says. I want that so much. I don't, I don't just want glimpses or wafts of peace. And I know what that's like, where you, like, you have these moments and it's just like you just know that you know that you know that like, God is so here and you just, you just have contentment. And then it feels like you walk out of that room and you're like, you can't find your way back you know, to that room. I, I want to know what it is to live out of that place, out of that place, what I call rest, what I feel like God calls rest to me. I'm hungry for more of this reality, truth with a capital T. So this is what I'm, I choose to start my day with words, understanding the power of words. Start with a quiet time words, his words, worship, other people's words of praise, prayer, my words, declarations, his words, reading, other people's understanding, other people's relationship with their God, words, all words, words of life, words of truth. I want to direct my thoughts, my heart, and my emotions to lean into him, to his constancy, and his consistent way of actually just being faithful and walking alongside of me, the creator of all who holds the universe in his hands. He's the king of my life. I want him to actually be king of my life not just some little bits of it, but of all of it. So when I got this news, or John and I got this news about his cancer returning, um, I pondered all of this that I've just said afresh. And um, I really felt Papa, Father God, say to me, you know, it's careful. It's good that you're being careful about your words around others, what comes out of your mouth around others. That's wise. That's good. And then he said, but with me? With me. You never have to censor your words. I am your safe place. You can pour out your heart your feelings, and your thoughts, and I will listen. And then he said to me, and then I will pour out my heart, my thoughts, and my feelings, so you will know me as well. David's Psalms his prayers. They weren't his conversations with his friends. They were his prayers that he poured out to God. 
Oh, there are a few that were songs that, you know, he wrote for everybody to sing. But you know when he's saying, oh, kill them and smite them, you know? <laughs> well, he's being really nice about how he wants God to treat his enemies. He was speaking to God. And God was okay. He's like, yeah, I already know what's going on in your heart. It's okay. Because David knew how to work through that to get to, yet will I thank you. Yet will I praise you. Yet will I lift your name up because you were faithful. And then he'd remind his soul again about what was going on. He has this exchange so much through his psalms and through what he actually has to say. Out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Everything we speak, think and do will attest to the abundance of our heart. Let's remember that hope is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. This is my hope. My hope is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. And I have the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be okay. Everything is, he's going to work out for the good. And then I am determined to choose right, to choose well, to make sure I give him praise and fashion my words that give him opportunity to be at work in my life because I want him to be God of all things, of all things. Can we have the band come up and join me here? You are who he says you are. And you can do what he says you can do because he is who he says he is and he does what he says he can do. There are some people here that you know that this has been a real wrestle in your heart this series and the whole sort of like quirky funniness of it and the um, quote-unquote emotional aspect of it and yet you know that God has actually been drawing you and speaking to you um, and you don't want to feel like a leaf tossed in the wind of circumstance you want breakthrough which is something that God was talking about this morning about him wanting to bring for us today. You want to grasp it more. You want to actually feel like it's not just like these wisps that you sometimes get and then it's gone again. Well, I just want to invite you to come forward. Do you want to start playing? I just want to invite you to come forward because we want to stand alongside of you and say, thank you, God, for what you're doing. And we just ask afresh that you would have your way and you would bring greater clarity and you would bring breakthrough. I just want to invite you um, to come now, to not wait, to not just press pause. Would you like to stand to your feet, everybody? I'm just going to finish with some worship, but also with some ministry uh, to be able to happen.